Live in the dungeon, this is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Nick Strawn. And this is episode 59. So this is a very special episode because we're, we're actually finally, this is the first episode we've done where we talked about TV, I think. Yeah, we're going to talk some. We're gonna but we're going to really kick it old school for a minute. Yeah, we're going to take it way back. <laughs> 1966. 1965. Oh, was it 55? 65. 65. Really? Yeah. I thought the first episode came out uh, 19... I think it was here. Go, go up uh, on the screen. I think you'll see that it is 1965. But oh yeah, you're right. 1965. It was September. I know that. I wrote it down. And uh, yeah, we, we're going to talk about the pilot. So Lost in Space. I actually only caught this like okay when I was growing up. I never really watched this show. I, I caught like the the last couple seasons probably. Like when it was just all about the robot. You mean you as a kid? It was all yeah, all oh. the reruns. Well, yeah. how, how long did this go? Oh, oh, in reruns. I'm talking about like in the eighties. Oh, in reruns. Yeah. So I caught it on reruns, <laughs> and Doctor Smith and the boy, everything was in color. Right. So it was obviously the later seasons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of thought it was a corny show that I I only caught like maybe half an episode here and there every once in a while. So this is the first time I've actually gone back and watched the first uh, the pilot episode and the first episode. Right. Well, I didn't watch the first episode. I watched it in 1965. I watched the the pilot with uh, um, or uh, or was it the first episode? Well, I, the pilot I was you know, apparently I, well. I looked into it and I was like trying to figure out what's going on. But yeah, it was said that the pilot was never released. Oh, okay. So, well, but they used clips of it later on. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I think the one that I watched was the uh, first episode. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which so. Wasn't it interesting to see the pilot though, and then see what they did differently on the first episode? Oh, oh, you know what? I would love to go back and see what did they do different. Oh, it was, it was like uh, well, the robot wasn't there, for example, and neither oh. was Doctor Smith. Oh, really? So it was just all about the family going off into space and basically encountering all these horrible problems. The whole oh, time. gotcha. Well, that would have been boring. So it's a Swiss home. family yeah. Robinson in space. Oh. <laughs> well, that's why they were called <laughs> the Robinsons. But no, it's it was a little bit darker and it wasn't. I don't know. It's uh, actually, I would say, I really liked what they did. I, I thought they were brilliant, though. The writers, whoever whoever did this, whoever wrote this, right. thing was brilliant because they went and saw the pilot and they said, "Okay, I think this is wor- working, but we have to change a couple things." And what they added was awesome. The right. robot the, and Doctor the, the robot and Doctor Smith. They oh yeah, them, I, they probably gave them oh, more years. Doctor Smith and the robot were the things that you watched it for, which it evolved. Because I, I think it, I have to watch more episodes now because because my hypothesis, because I've really seen the episodes, right, are the fact that it started off about the family. And about family dynamics, even though it was kind of cheesy 1960s, like, right. you know, yeah. on well, the surface y- stuff. You know, um, and then it, it turned into all about the robot and a well, boy. It, it, and the funny thing about it is that, that that's what science fiction always is. Science fiction is just a focus, should just be a, a focus for telling 
stories about people yeah and 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 about society and about you know how it reacts to you know different stimuli and that's that's See, and i think the 60s i think people overlook like the 50s and 60s as far as sci-fi Oh yeah, no. Because you had a lot of great authors around that time. Oh, I you mean, had you had. Oh, I mean, if you the, just think of all the people and, who started. I mean, you, yeah. you got Damon Knight, Harlan Ellison. You have uh, 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 the guy who wrote. Um, yeah, Aldous Huxley. You had. Yeah, I, I mean, mean uh, Ray I Bradbury mean, was kind of doing some cool stuff back then. Ray Bradbury uh, was awesome back then. Asimov, I mean, Asimov, yeah, I mean, Asimov. You know, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of Robert <laughs> Robertson. Oh man, just on yeah. and on and on. Yeah, no. Uh, who was this guy? Um, the guy that did this one that produced it. Um, I'm blanking out his name. Oh, Urban Allen. Yeah, Urban Allen. Yeah, this was an Ur- Urban like Allen. A, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the movie he did. Voyage to the bottom oh, of the sea. Voyage, sure he did. Voyage to the bottom of the sea. He did all the the towering inferno movies. Oh, towering inferno, yeah, stuff like that. Air airport, air not air airplane, but airport, and and yeah, no, he was the big adventure guy. You know, he, uh, yeah, he did Voyage to the bottom of the sea. Um, just trying to think. The, the electronic uh, brain, wasn't it? Was that one? Oh no, no. Oh, what else did he do? Yeah, oh, Ir- so. Irwin Allen was um, he was the the, the Mister Adventure, and the and the thing that's interesting is, is at the time, and I have to tell you, I'm going to confess, I'm old enough <laughs> to having watched this originally with Star Trek, right? And and the, how and, would you compare it to Star Trek? Because I mean, my impression was yeah. I think I'd probably get into the show more if I was watching this back in the day. Um, you know. I don't think that I got into one more than the other. I uh, I definitely thought that this was a comedy yeah, well, yeah. when I was a kid. That 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 this was the funny one and Star Trek was the serious one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, and that that was, you know, it was our dose of uh, science fiction. So I thought the pilot was kind of... Um... <laughs> and you have to look at all the stuff that was running at the same time. Look, at the same time, you had... <laughs> The Adams family, uh, and you had the Munsters, and you had Batman. All this was within the what was same. The, was Green Acres on it around that time? No, Green Acres actually, actually, <laughs> there was later? a sweep that that knocked all of these out. Was the sweep that uh, came in with uh, Green Acres and uh, the Beverly Hillbillies? Ah, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, science fiction uh, was gone, and. Um, and bad fiction was in. What a dark time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this this had the classics, you know, overcrowded planet. Um, yeah. The ship's electronic brain was kind of in charge of everything. They're going to explore a new world and try to find... And then they get lost on the way. Right. And everything goes wrong. Right. And they, and they, they have the stowaway who who's, is yes. there to... Uh, so the first episode had the stowaway, Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith. And he was and, a saboteur. Yeah, a saboteur. Who was great was uh, the seat that he had. <laughs> it was yes. so cool. I mean, he, he had like... Uh, uh, I don't know exactly what that was. The, the jump seat that like... He slid and went back into the panel, and you know, so he 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 appears out of out of a seat, and we yeah. find out that he's a colonel, and uh, 
So yeah, he he sets the sabot. He says something. The I like how he sabotages it to explode in eight hours, right. or whatever. Yeah, eight or the hours. robot to destroy yeah. everything. And if then he's he ends on. up being stuck <laughs> on the plane on the on the spaceship. Right. <laughs> and he has to keep turning the robot back on again. And by the way, I was wondering with the timing when they built Tomorrowland in Disney Disneyland because the spaceship looked exactly like it was straight out of Tomorrowland right, in exactly. Disneyland, and then the rocket. The rocket suits where they're flying around. It's it was a thing. No, well, <laughs> yeah, we it was had, like, but but what else did we have going on then? But it's still cool. The race to I the think. no, the race to the moon. <laughs> That's what right. Do you, what do you mean? Yeah, cool? was that 1968? Was that the moon? Landing? Well, that yeah, but that was the, that was the end of five years of of pushing. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, is you have to understand it, and you can't understand it now the way that it was back then. Back then. Everything was space. When I was growing up, that that we were going to space, it was like everybody was into it. You know, it's like that's why you see cars that had big fins. Uh, you know, you, you had these TV science fiction TV shows on. Yeah, uh, Disneyland was doing stuff. And Disneyland yeah. got Tomorrowland, and uh, which I still enjoyed Tomorrowland when I went there. It was right. Like, oh, oh, Tomorrowland was the it was best. Like futuristic yet. Yeah, you know. I mean, the rockets cheesy. up and down, and rockets are up. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I that this was part of the wave of science fiction that was going on at that point, and and the thing is, is it was it was part of we were actually felt like we were stretching beyond Earth, you know that that it was going to be a big deal. We didn't know what the moon was like. I mean, literally, we were making a moonshot, you know, and and you know, if we had gotten up there and it, and the moon was Camembert, nobody would have been that surprised, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, plus you were, plus it was during the Cold War, and right? There was a lot of fear about aliens coming in too, like, well, yeah, yeah, kind it, of, you know what I mean? Yeah, and <laughs> you know, you could replace the idea of the of the aliens with the aliens, yeah. You know, right. with aliens. You could replace the aliens with the aliens. You know <laughs> exactly. Um, the you, damn you, communists. But That's but but it was it was a, an interesting time in that you know all of us were focused on a, a single thing other than our phones. And I can't believe you haven't talked about the amazing practical effects, like when the ponytails were lifting up yeah. when they <laughs> lost gravity. Yet somehow they were just standing there and there was no gravity. No, and no gravity. <laughs> they weren't holding on to anything. They were just standing there in their ponytails. Well, for well, I, I think that one of the best effects, though, was the, uh, what did they call it? The, the thing in the center of the room that spun all, all the tank like yeah. this, which was really obviously a guy underneath with a stick. Like going, <laughs> well, that was the electronic brain of right. the spaceship. And you know, the great thing about the electronic brain of the spaceship is that the the thing that it was sitting on, you remember, there's a globe kind of thing, which was obviously, you know, like yeah. a globe off of a lamp. But the thing that it sat on, um, that that had all the look. We used to buy stuff that looked like that, you right. know, off of off of the aerospace uh, places uh, in El Segundo. <laughs> I mean, they would have these they would have these enormous sails. You know, and, and, and what they would do is they would take like uh, an, an interior area, like a parking lot, yeah. and they would lay just stuff like that all over the place, right? And you would make a bid on it depending on where it was sitting, uh, what space it was sitting on. You would make a bid on uh, on square X thirteen or something, you know, and and 
you would just go in and you just bid on like 20 of them, like for 20 bucks a piece. You almost always get at least a couple, right. you know, and you take them away with you and you get that kind of stuff. And we make all kinds of props and stuff with them, you know? And then the guy in the robot suit. I mean, that oh. had been a horrible job. Yeah, <laughs> that's got his that does suck. Especially where you walk around destroying, <laughs> destroying, destroy, yeah. right? And your arms extending out <laughs> <laughs> with dryer vents. But yeah, I mean, and the actor that played uh, Doctor Smith, he was awesome. I mean, I think he carried a lot of it. Oh, he really did. I mean, it, he had the the thing is, is him and Bill Mummy were actually the 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 two that Jonathan Harris. Yeah, we're yeah. actually, but but did you notice this? And I'm going to slide right into the new one here. Yeah, okay? let's do it. Now, well, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to slide in on this person. Her name was, uh, oh, that's great. You just, no, no, go go to, go back the to the one. one that you were on. Sorry, okay. Okay. Her name was Marta Kristen, okay? Yeah. Was Marta she Kristen. She played Judy. Right, she played Judy, right? Here's the thing, is if you take a picture of her, now go to the other one. Well, first let me look at a picture of Judy here. Oh, oh the, that's a lady one. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about the new Judy? Yeah, the new Judy. Who's Taylor Russell. Right, take a look at, see, she looks exactly like the other Judy did at her age. I gotta find a picture now. Now that you said that, well, go to Google Images Lost in Space. There we go. There she. Yeah. See, look. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, you couldn't tell the two of them apart. I was like, wow, that's so weird. Did they did they exhume her in order to get her to play the role? Well, except for the hair. I mean, well, yeah, you know, but you know. <laughs> Although they did change a couple other characters in the new one. Well, yeah, they did. Well, well, listen, the robot, the robot came I mean, from a new place. Doctor Smith is now a woman, paid by Parker Posey. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode yet. That's the next ep- episode. That was the first one. Yeah, the very first episode of the new new series. At the end of the episode. Oh, right, right, right. Parker oh, Posey. Very, that's right. At the very end of the episode, they kind of show right. what happens. Well, anyway, we can erase that part. Yeah. So yeah, so like the the Doctor Smith changed genders. Oh well, I like now that. It's Parker Posey playing Doctor Smith. Well, that and the robot. What do you think about the robot in the new one? I thought the robot in the new one was actually pretty cool. Uh, I uh, I uh, didn't know exactly where it was coming from at first. And I was like, I, I mean, I, in general, the new one seemed melodramatic uh, to a fault. I mean, the melodrama was just, I, I, I mean, look, <laughs> what kind of melodrama, how deep are you in melodrama when you get to the point that the only person that's frozen in a block of ice, all you can touch is their hand extended over them? Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Right? And and, I, and the music was awful. Well, the, yeah, you're right. I, I, the music, I was thinking that too. It was too. sappy. It was it was sappy and, and yeah, you know, I had well, a... I had trouble with the new one and then when I saw the robot, I kind of, I got back into it a little bit more. It's okay. That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, I was like, eh. And, and, and by it's the not way, a remake, by the way. Oh, it's not? Because... The dad, 
I mean, totally different family yeah. dynamics. Yeah, he's like what? an outsider. They're about to get, it sounds like a, he's losing custody of his children almost. Right, exactly. They're estranged from each other. Yeah, like he was about ready to sign them off. Yeah, and they, I did have, they didn't overuse the flashbacks, which I appreciated because a lot of these type of shows will use a lot yeah, of flashbacks. Really yeah, But I don't think they ever did it in this one. I mean, I think they kind of used them to move the story along faster. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to kind of set up. So maybe the second episode might be better than the first one. But I don't know. But I wasn't overly excited about this one, really. But I did think too much. I think they went a little bit too much, too overboard with the things going wrong for the family. Yeah, I think that I, I think that the maudlin feel of things, and, and that that they had a, a, a the robot that came along at the end that all of their uh, him being you know uh, he was like being a, a walking heater. Well, he was you like know, a bio robotic right, right. creature bi- thing. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. And and the thing is, is I thought it was a little too convenient that he happened to be a walking uh, heater, and yes. that's what they needed at the time. Exactly. <laughs> well, I did like how they established the characters, and they went kind of to the backstories for each character because they right. understand better right where they were coming from, I guess, and right. what they well they didn't do that for the robot. What function they served? Like the Judy late right. girl was she was the kind of the girl that knew about medical things, right? That type of thing. And then they kept separating the family. I noticed like you had to separate Judy yeah. from oh, the yeah. family. Yeah, then you had to separate the will. And see, and, and that was exactly the dynamic that you had in the original. In, in the original series, uh, you, you had people would go out in different groups, and then it was, you know, what did they have to do to pull the groups back together? Right. You know, that was that was exactly the dynamic that you always had. You know, somebody had to go out and get food, and somebody had to go out and find fuel, and uh, that's that. That was uh, what every uh, episode was about. You know, and it was about who you found while you were finding food. And then I think and, uh, the most interesting character. I think going forward would be Will. I hope he so. Starts out as kind he, of a wimp. Yeah, he starts out as I think a wimp. I found it, an alien ship. I'm the first human to see a ship. I I, I know, and 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 exposition was pretty freaking awful there. Why was he talking to himself about the alien ship before he brought out the recorder? <laughs> and then when the recorder comes out, he just takes picture of everything. Right. Right. And you're going, oh wait a minute, you know he could have brought that thing out and recorded. You know, that's the perfect opportunity for uh, not having him just talk into the air yeah. and, and, and well, it looks like, you know where it looks like I am, Bob? It looks like I'm on an alien ship. And I was like, <laughs> well, he's like I'm recording this because I think it's important. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so... Uh, it's hard for me to rate this. I don't Do we have to rate the first one? Because, I mean, it's, it's 1960s. It's a, it's a, I mean, uh, you can't really rate it on today's standards i don't think necessarily <laughs> it's a you know what but you, i think i'm gonna watch thing. the rest let of me, the old one l- before me, i watch the new one that's l- how more. L- let me <laughs> let me let me do this Here, here's the thing rate it within the shows that you saw at the time i'm gonna rate it the way that i would have as i was a 10 year old boy you know as as an eight-year-old boy um watching those shows i would rate i would rate it a little bit lower than Star Trek because Star Trek was king at the time, and uh, and this one didn't seem nearly as 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 serious. Uh, and at the same time, they were so far above absolutely everything that was going on. I would have to give it at least a three point eight. 
See, but as a kid, the weird thing about the first one, though, which I totally forgot to mention, was that I was looking into it, and I, I guess it started off as a miniseries, the first five episodes, and they were a little bit more serious, and then it evolved into this like show where they started getting color into it, and then it was all about the doctor and the boy and the robot, kind mm-hmm. of got away from the family, thing. right? But anyway, I saw it as an eight-year-old boy too, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the uh, Star Trek. Yeah, just just. Just what, 15 years In fact, later? when I was six years old, <laughs> 20 years I had later. a six years old that I lived in Oregon. I had a girlfriend that I used to go hang out with after school, and we'd watch Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Star Trek's been playing continuously. So both for... of these have been like endlessly in reruns, I guess. Yeah. But Lost in Space, probably not so frequent now, I guess. Yeah. But... Well, Lost in Space wasn't that frequent. But I feel the same reruns, way. Even when I was, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd rank uh, Star Trek a lot higher than... Yeah, 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 yeah space, but I've only seen just, at the same time. I've seen, really seen it, one episode in its entirety. This <laughs> now, it, the most recent Lost in Space. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, uh, I, I don't know. I can't even tell you. I didn't like it that much. I thought it was schmaltzy. Yeah. Um, I, and and you know what? It was the same way with you until I saw the robot. Yeah. With the boy, I didn't care about her at all. I thought, wow, this is just a pain. So when when that came along, I I think I think the most I could give it is a three. I'm I think I'm actually I think I agree with you totally because uh, it's it has see these things suck when I agree with you. It totally. has potential though, so maybe the next episode it'll start improving. But no, for me the robot. If I was going to rate the robot by himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably give him a higher yeah. Rating. I'd give him a four. Anyway. <laughs> Let's see. I, I took really copious notes here. I just want to see if I missed anything. Okay. Did you miss anything? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it was set in 1997. <laughs> oh, that's a new one. I wanted to talk about the old one. <laughs> you know, the old one, it, the thing that I did notice about it is that um, some of the design aspects were, uh, propage was uh, super cheesy. The guns were super cheesy. That's what was awesome about it, though. I know. Oh, I know. I know, totally. <laughs> and but, the tubes they, they, they stood in. Yeah, and the tubes, they, oh, yeah, I know. But it, it was... Uh, I like that voice, too. It's like, there's a fire on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will they survive? But, I mean, that's... It was almost like a serial kind of feel. Yeah, be, like, there was a... Well, it, it's funny because the, the narrator, at times, they were using a narrator that was also... The narrator on the show was also the same narrator that was on the radio, and 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 it all kind of blended out to be the same person. Yeah, and it was odd that way. It was really. And, oh, oh, the other, other thing I thought was cool was uh, remember when they're they're getting their checkup. Yeah, and it's the doctor, and and literally he's checking them on a on a chair. That looked like a dental chair that was sitting in the middle of a just <laughs> yeah, huge it was like a big black line. void, <laughs> big huge place, yeah, like right. a big hangar. With one or something. light on. What the hell is that all about? And, and actually, in the pilot, they uh, they said, well, the narration was uh, Mrs. West, the first woman to pass a test. Like usually, it's only males that have passed this right. <laughs> wretched test, but the first female ever to pass this test. so <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, uh, how funny is it that he was smashing the transmission 
device they called it the to the communication device. He oh, was smashing right. it yeah, because yeah. he was pissed off. And then it was exact the two hundred pounds threw them off course. So yeah, that was like, like, exactly. the wall, yeah, that must have thrown us off of course. I was like, okay. Uh, let's see what else do I have here. Uh, mom collapses. Good thing Doctor Smith was there. That's what I put. Like it was like it was kind of yeah, like yeah. Well, there, there like was, it was a good thing they had a doctor. Like right. it wasn't well, meant to well, be that way. But but here's the thing: is through the whole series, that's the way that they treat him. There there's a yin and the yang thing to him because they know that he's a traitor. Yeah. And and yet they need his doctor's skills, and every once in a while he shows that he kind of has a heart. Yeah. You know that that was it. it, it well, really, a lot of what was going on self preservation for the most part. But. Exactly, but but the thing is, a lot of what was going on was centered on. Yeah, it's like this tug of war him. kind of internal. Uh, yeah, that you know. Which, the, so the new one, they made Judy kind of the doctor, and then they the Doctor Smith is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know. She looks crazy so far. <laughs> That's all we don't know yet. anything about her. Yep. So. Yeah, the no gravity for a while. That was hilarious. So the spacewalk with the rope. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the rocket gun, they called it. And then I love how it ended with a cliffhanger. See, that was amazing. Well, me. yes, but all the Lost in Spaces. They and, all did the cliffhanger. Yeah, so well, the serial. Like I said, it's, it's like a serial feel. It was like a f- serial. And the thing is, is uh, they, a lot of times, they would a- end on the hanger of the next whole new set of problems, right? So they would present the new set of problems. Uh, and that was and that was the hanger, and, and you know it's like you can never get away from problems. You know? Yeah, yeah well, that's why like Battlestar Galactica it was like uh, it was well, similar. I'm talking about the old school Battlestar Galactica. Right, right. It was, right. It was just like every episode there was a problem and they overcame it. Then there was something else come up and that would be the end of the episode. But it was a cliffhanger. You didn't know what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> the Cylons are becoming. <laughs> anyway. Hey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now. Uh, there was something that I, oh, I remember what it was. <laughs> story time. Story time. It's story time with Mick. Story time with Mick. Story time with Mick. Story time with Mick. I wanted to talk about something just because I remembered it the other day. <laughs> it was just a, a, a lot of fun. Um, when I was... <laughs> I was working on a film called The Kindred, and I was working with Tazzle Bauer, and Tazzle Bauer was the lead effects, mechanical effects, and I was his assistant. And um, <laughs> and we were working on this horror film called uh, The Kindred. And one of the things that you do as a special effects man is you do th- it, the basic description of a special effects man is to do things that move. And I know that this sounds weird, but you got to think about it. Is rain, rain, mm-hmm. rain moves, fire moves, all these things that, that are constantly moving. And if it moves on the set or if it's harder than, harder than it is naturally or softer than it is naturally, those are all special effects. So we were doing the rain on the Kindred and the rain, it didn't, Basically, it was a sequence where a hearse is coming up the road and it comes up this canyon. You see it from very far away. You see the headlights going through the pouring rain, pouring through. And it comes up this canyon and then you're in front of the kindred house and 
it comes up the road and it stops right in front of the camera. That's basically the scene that we were hired because we did other stuff on the Kindred, but just in general, we had one night that we were just doing the rain scenes. Okay. It was a long night. <laughs> right. Well, Tazzle's job, I was I was dealing with water and Tazzle was dealing with lightning. Now the way that you dealt with lightning back then, this was before uh, this was before lightning machines. Now they have lightning machines which are basically an enormous flash. Right. Right? Yeah. Back then, the way that we did it is we took and got carbon rods, right? Uh, just just like half inch thick carbon rods, uh, uh, very very much like Homer Simpson t- <laughs> takes the space, right? We would yeah, take uh, yeah. in- inanimate carbon rods, and <laughs> you would you would take a just a standard welder, you know, the old fashioned big, big welder, and you would take put a rod in both. Get clips, the arc. <laughs> and then just hold them up over your head and go like this. Wow. And it would look like lightning. And it would be unbelievably bright and it would give that, you know, that kind of uh, uneven light. Okay, so <laughs> Taz was doing that, <laughs> which is just hilarious when uh, to see him do it would... Uh, I mean, Taz was uh, probably six foot four, um, and to see him standing in in the fake rain with with a, a rain hat, you know. And, and the thing is, is Taz would be kitted out to the nth degree, so he would have like the real hat, you know, uh, not just the yellow one, but you know, like 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 you would see on a. Uh, like a Boston uh, uh, going like a clam digging outfit clam exactly (laughs) that's what I was thinking but and the the big yellow jacket you know with the the snaps up in front Gordon's fisherman exactly he would look like a Gordon's fisherman for sure and and he'd have like the big rubber boots and and he'd be out there you know with the the huge gloves and and uh, yeah he had these little spectacles like this but he'd have a mask on you know he's like a welding mask oh it was it was actually priceless in itself but <laughs> he's doing the lightning and and first of all we have to do the approach to the house so we have to do this whole canyon and we're literally watering we're raining in the whole canyon and and you to, you have to be able to see the car way far away come on coming up to see this hearse coming and so so we take the hillside and and what we do is we put up on the hillside we put a big now i know i'm going to screw this up and he's going to hate me but it's like we took uh, a long inch uh, two inch line and and ran it all the way down and fed off all these inch and a half lines that went up the hill. And it was too expensive. You know, this is a very large budget film, and it was too expensive to, to have, you know, special effects people actually up on the ridge. So basically what we did is we had maybe seven uh, PAs, you know, <laughs> completely kitted them out <laughs> and put them up there with the fire hoses, right? <laughs> now here's the thing. The thing is, is if you're not used to a fire hose, 
it can be a little intimidating because especially when you have a truck here that's that's you know 25 uh 2500 to 4000 gallons and uh and it it has a pump that can run up to maybe about 300 pounds pressure yeah, you know yeah. on on a two and a half inch hose that's some pressure right and so what we did is we're, we're running the shot and and, and everybody we, before we sent them up the hill we had to like you know teach them how to hold it how, how to hold the hose right and and how you lean into it you know, you start to crack the hose, and as you crack it and open it up, and the pressure starts to push you back, then you you lean back up against the hose. Which is one it's one thing if you're doing it down on the ground before you climb the hill. <laughs> now, when you get up on the hill, completely different thing, right? So, so we're the first time that we do it, <laughs> we we run. We run the hoses, all the pressure comes up. Okay. Everybody's on and we get like the whole uh, valley completely, you know, so in the rain's coming down and everything like this. And Taz is... <laughs> and, uh, and, and... Okay, we're done. Cut. And I signaled the guy who's operating the pump and he stops. And all of a sudden, the pressure lets off on all these hoses that are up on the hill. And this one kid that was like a brand new PA, you know, it's like just probably, he, you know, he still had that new PA smell and stuff. And he's up there on that hill. And, uh, and we cut the pressure. And he's still leaning hard into that hose. And he just launches down the hill. I mean, launches off the top of that hill and just, just uh, rolls up and, and he rolls up. And, oh, it was, it was a trial by water. I, I, guess. I have to tell you <laughs> to have gone over to this poor kid who, who also the way that he fell, he rolled with his hose. Right. So literally a hundred feet of hose <laughs> rolled up with it. So he was, he was wrapped up in a hundred feet of hose. It sounds like bottom. a Harold Lloyd. Oh, it was, thing, it or, was. Uh, it was great comedy. Charlie Chaplin uh, or something. It was great comedy. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is, is you have to be careful because it, in special effects, you get, you kind of used to doing like pretty dangerous stuff and, 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 you know, assessing problems and stuff. And you do the situ situational awareness and stuff. And, and, and the thing is, as soon as I saw that he was okay, I wanted to start laughing. <laughs> But it's really hard if you're the guy that's, you know, like supposed to like be watching out all, all over everybody. You don't want to just like. You know, no, no. So, so then we move to the second part of the shot, which is pulling up in front of the house with the hearse. Right. And, and so we all get ourselves situated. Uh, <laughs> and there are, there's a camera right here, really low that. You know, it was going to come up and we were going to get that shot where you, you come right up to the camera and then the door opens, you know, and you catch the door and you're down mm -hmm. low. And so you see the feet, right? Or, see the feet. Yeah. And, and this, they wanted to do it with the star, right? And so he practices with a hearse. Now, a hearse is like one of those, uh, surprisingly large, heavy vehicles. I mean, even empty, a hearse is a really, really, really big vehicle. And, and so we rehearsed it with him, you know, the stopping and we put like sandbags 
there, and, and, and then they put that camera down there, and then they put the lighting here, and the sound guy was like right over here, and <laughs> it was it was like, see, the thing is, is here's the road. The road is comes in here, right? This is the house. This is where we have to stop. If you came up here, all of the equipment and the lights and I, I'm standing back over here and all of us are essentially in the way of the car when it stops. We're, we're at the front of the car. And so he practices and then we make everything wet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's dirt and gravel, right? And so, you know, if you've lived in California before, you know that that it is hard clay, right? And hard clay that once it gets wet, then it just slicks. Yeah. You know, it's because and gravel it gravel on top of that. Right. Gravel <laughs> on top of that. And I'm not kidding. That guy's coming down the road and I'm, I'm like doing rain and doing rain. Tazzle's like right next to me over here. And we are, and let me note this. We wound up being exactly the width of one limousine from each of one uh, hearse. Hearse. There was exactly exactly that distance between us. And you know how I know that? Because the hearse shot through the gap between us. Wow! <laughs> and I'm telling you, the camera guy, the camera guy didn't get didn't tweak to this. Because we tweaked to it immediately because we didn't have our eye in the thing like this. And and I the the camera got shoved into his eye and that and Ooh. this just took the sound guy and well actually the sound guy ran. You know, I think <laughs> I think and, and and I think this is pretty funny is is if we hadn't been doing rain, probably it wouldn't have been slick. And the sound guy would have probably been reading during the take, as they usually do. Really? Uh, but there was nothing to read because it was wet. You know, yeah. this is before devices that, you know, uh, before devices. And, and, and he probably was actually looking at the scene for once, and he knew when he had to split. And so, <laughs> so, so he comes up. I didn't know that people, he, that sound guys would read during the Oh, <laughs> I never oh, knew this, that. this was great. You know, uh. Yeah, it's one thing. They were always reading books, you know. And, and and I remember on Nightmare on Elm Street 4, as as a, a set would get used, you, you know, whenever first unit you used the set, it's like the next day there would be pages everywhere. I was like, what the hell? It's like, you know, and, and this kept on going on. The pages would move all over the place. And finally, you know, I... I went over and I watched and I started watching the people to try and figure out where these pages are come from. And here's what I found is the sound guy. What he did is he had on his cart, the sound cart, you know, that had the Nagra recorder right here. He had like made a little arm that came out like this. And he would take a uh, paperback novel and he would glue it to the and, and then he just just ripped the pages off. He just ripped the pages off and huh. he, I said, "Well, why do you do that?" <laughs> he goes, "Well, he says, I mean, sometimes uh I get interrupted all the time and I can look I can look up and I can come back and <laughs> and it's always going to be open to the right page because that's the only page I've got." And I go, 
Well, that's actually pretty freaking clever. Except for he left pages everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah, anyway, well. That's weird. Yeah. So were the, the camera guy, was he okay? Everybody was fine. Okay. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I think everybody was fine. There were a lot of bru. There were some bruises. And there were a lot of bruised egos, you know, when everybody realized that, you know, they had like literally set themselves in front of a hearse on a sick road, <laughs> right? You know, it's it's like one of those things where... Uh, we had sandbags, weren't they supposed to stop them? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> a hearse. Yeah. See, that was the other thing. The other thing is, is yeah, if it'd been a Toyota... Well, I'm thinking of the little... The, the hearse I'm picturing is probably not the right hearse. I'm picturing the one in the movie Harold and Maude. It was kind of a small one. Yeah, that's not hers. No, no, a hearse, a hearse is built on a, on a, a castle, a cat, Cadillac uh, chassis, and and they put a lot of weight in there. They are really heavy, and boy, that thing really wanted to. It really kept going. I mean, we almost it almost took out the the garage that was behind <laughs> oh, us. I mean, you know, it was like really close. Yeah, good times had by all. Thank you for listening to the Dream Warrior Review. As always, you can reach us at Gmail at DreamWarriorReview at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at DW Review and of course we're on Facebook. Until next time.